The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, February 18th, and we are going through off-season priorities for every single team. Today is the NFC East. You can check out a, an interview with John, an interview, a chat with Jonathan Jones in the feed as well. We'll have a mailbag manana. And if you would like to have a question answered in a future mailbag, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, we'll do mailbags on Friday in the off season. And so you can do a review now, ask the question and we'll probably get to you next week. Cause that's about how long it takes to populate on the old feed. Uh, joining me now to talk about the NFC East and what these wacky teams will do this off season. Uh, Oh yeah, we got a good one. Cause we got two teams, two guys who know the division very well. Cody Benjamin, Jared Dubin, Cody, uh, nothing to talk about really with the NFC East, right? Absolutely not. But I will tell you, I feel extra special because this is my first episode with Dubin. Um, but I did notice that this also accentuates, uh, the fact that I can't grow a beard because I'm now looking at two <laughs> guys with full, with full beards. I know. I thought, Debo, I told you that Dubin was not allowed back on until he shaved, trimmed his beard to be less robust than mine. But, uh, just kidding, dude. So I was going to shave right after the Super Bowl, but now I'm thinking I might like go, just go till I get the vaccine. Like, <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, is that, is that imminent? What's, 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 <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm going to shelter in place. Just let this thing fly over. It might be a while. <laughs> yeah, it might be a while. Turns out that, uh, yeah, anyway, we don't need to get into the vaccine discussion. Let's, uh, let's get into the vaccine. So every Tuesday and Thursday for the next month, we'll be looking at these, uh, div- the various divisions and talking about their off-season priorities. We're going in order of draft position, which means that the team that picks highest, uh, will be discussed first and somehow, that is the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. My goodness. Their Super Bowl odds, 50 to 1 in 2021. NFC odds, 22 to 1. They are selecting sixth overall. They would have been ninth. I think people remember that week 17 game against the Giants. They also have the 37th pick and the 70th pick, um, and a host of free agents. But Cody, I think we all know. And by the way, we're recording this on, um, earlier in the week. So, if for some reason Carson Wentz got traded, and it's possible that he got traded between now and the, the the drop of the episode, please bear that. Please keep that in mind. But we are operating under the assumption that he will be traded, and what a mess the Eagles have in their hands, Cody. Yeah, I mean, we talked all throughout the 2020 season about how um, it would be an embarrassment to finish last in that embarrassment of a division, and I think that, you know, that embarrassment has continued because I think, um, man, what a what a big fall from Super Bowl champions a few years ago to where they are now, and I think um, it, it's it's a it really is a laughing stock because I I don't know that it's getting um, as much attention as it should the the handling of you know your premier position at quarterback um, their their roster situation the salary cap they're one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of cap space um, I think they're you know just ahead of just the Saints um, and so. Yeah, the the pathways to playoff contention in 2021 are are pretty slim, even in this division. I mean, just because you know Jalen Hurts, a very unproven quarterback, we saw uh, you know some some upside in four games, but that's four game sample size. Whole new coaching staff. I mean, some of these coaches are barely older than the players on the roster. I mean, it is extremely young. 
Um, and then you're talking about they're going to have to dump a lot of contracts this offseason on top of figuring out what they're doing under center. So it's uh, there's no easy way. You know, even if Wentz is not traded by the time this drops, there's no uh, not messy solution to the quarterback situation in Philadelphia. Yeah, dudes, it's uh, it's it's dicey. I mean, it does seem. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, like it's it's crazy. We'll talk about the Cowboys in a minute, but it's like, how did we get to the spot spot where it's like golf traded and Wentz likely traded? Now Dak's the best best quarterback out of that draft by far and away, assuming that the Cowboys can resign him. But I mean, for the Eagles, I mean, you're really like you are you are hitching your wagon to. You know, talented but still fairly unproven Jalen Hurts if you make this deal. And that that leaves me a little anxious about the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more anxious, honestly, about the rest of the roster. Like, Cody brought it up. They got to cut ties with so many guys just to get their salary cap back in order. And if they trade Wentz, that's going to accelerate some of his cap hit. It'll make his cap hit even higher. I think it's like $35 million if they trade him. Um, unless they take the other team to agree to not do the deal until after June 1st which seems pretty unlikely just because it is not beneficial for the other team in any way. Um, so they're just going to have to well, cut. Well, and just, you know, if you did that deal where it wasn't told, you'd have to finagle the draft picks too. Then the Eagles would not technically control their draft picks. And I think, I don't even know that you can realistically plan to do that. I mean, like you can technically, but like the idea of letting somebody else make those picks for you in the course of the draft is pretty terrifying. Yeah, I mean, you could always do future picks instead, like, mm-hmm. but obviously you want to get some sort of immediate value, especially because, you know, the roster crunch they're going to be in, like, the strength of the team these last few years has just been an incredible depth of talent on the defensive line and and on the offensive line and just having those guys really take over games. And, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's really any way to come into the season where they're going to have everybody from those two lines on the roster again. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense financially for them to be able to do that. And um, without that infrastructure there to provide a baseline, especially for, for Hertz or if they decide to go in another direction other than Hertz, like not having that good offensive line that they've had for, for most of Wentz's career. Granted, this season it was not all that good. I think he made it worse um, by doing things like not throwing like a six-yard hitch if the guy was open and trying to make a big play every single time. But for the most part, he's had an infrastructure around him, at least offensive line-wise, to be able to find success inside the pocket and they've always had a good defensive line for the last four years too. And um, I would bet that they're not going to have quite as good players on those two lines as they have throughout Wentz's career. So it's just a team that's not in quite as good a position to succeed. All right, Cody. So we know that they need to figure out the quarterback position, obviously. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have a little more clarity once they figure that out. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the number one priority and it is the number one thing that they're working on. Um, but you know, you mentioned the rest of the talent around them. What's, what, what would you say is the uh, second biggest priority for you for the Eagles? Yeah. And, and just quickly, I know Dude mentioned the possibility of another direction besides Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, if Carson Wentz is traded, I think that quarterback is definitely in play. I mean, it's oh. six. Now I don't know what that says to Jalen Hurts, but I mean, again, he he was a second round pick. He had four games. This is a new coaching staff. I mean, if you're at number six and you have a chance to move up, I mean, you're not often there. And if you ride with Jalen Hurts, some people say like, let's ride with him. And if you're bad, you can pick again a quarterback next year. I don't know if that's true because if Jalen Hurts is even mildly good, uh, but he's not great, you might win six, seven, eight games and you're stuck right in the middle. So um, beyond the quarterback position. Well, no, that's, that's a good point too. And it's also worth noting that like relative to, you know, it feels like nowadays we get three or four good quarterbacks in every draft or like three or four guys. It just, it feels, it feels like it's easier to get to where you believe a certain quarterback can work. But I mean, this, this class legitimately does have several good guys that, um, you could see teams taking in the top 10, where, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence going, Zach Wilson from BYU, uh, Justin Fields has been, bandied about and his stock is all over the place mac jones and then what if you went trey lance at six and replaced carson with another north dakota state guy that would be i mean what would the re I'm, I'm sure carson has had conversations with trey lance and i mean what, what would the conversation be like have fun in philly i mean that's uh I know. It'd, be, it'd be super awkward and awesome. it'll be yeah. really funny and now i want it to happen yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I really, really, really want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, that would be um, nice. But, yeah, but yeah, but so yeah, on the quarterback, what, like, what are you hoping Howie Roseman uh, gets, you know, when he gets his hands dirty this offseason, what are you looking for? 
Well, uh, you know, Duba mentioned that the lines are obviously, they've always been kind of building blocks for the foundation there. They should be for every team, but they have been, especially um, for the Eagles. But, I mean, I look at uh, two of the outside positions, the outside field, wide receiver and cornerback, are are just blatant needs. I mean, they spent a high pick on Jalen Rager. Uh, I think he was, it's fair to say he was a pretty big disappointment as a rookie. Um, they kind of banked on him over Justin Jefferson to bring big play potential. And boy, would the Eagles love to have Justin Jefferson right now. Um, they need wide receivers. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson basically locks to be cut. Um, Zach Ertz on his way out. They need some, whether it's Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Justin Fields, whoever's throwing the football, they need somebody to throw the football to besides Dallas Goddard. Um, and so they have some young guys there, but um, the free agent class, they're not going to have a lot of money to spend, but the free agent class this year at wide receiver is, is pretty deep. And so if you can fish at the the bottom of that, um, I would do that. And then at cornerback, they paid uh, big money and, and draft picks to get Darius Slay. He's older, but aside from him, there's really no answer at cornerback. Um, and that's been the case really for a little while with the Eagles, swinging and missing on guys like Sidney Jones, um, Rasul Douglas. And so, yeah, uh, you could pick, you know, five other spots. They have almost no starting linebackers either under contract or even the guys that are, are not really starting caliber. And so you, you could pick a bunch of spots, but I'm looking at wide receiver and cornerback as, as positions of, of big need. Dubin, is, is this team terrible? Like did the Eagles because like coming into I don't want to make Cody answer that coming into like 2020 it's like ah oh, look you know sure this division could go any which way but the Eagles are the had the most depth across the board you know Howie Roseman's created a really deep you know talented roster and now you sort of look at it, you're like not so sure yeah I mean I think the depth is just uh, the depth the depth is just about to become decimated like just because of their financial situation. So I think we have to stop thinking about it as the same Eagles team that we've been thinking of for the last four or five years. It's just not going to be that team anymore. It's going to be a lot of bare bones. Like there's, like Cody said, there's no talent at linebacker, no talent at receiver, almost no talent at cornerback. They're about to get both of their lines thinned out on both sides of the ball. I mean, I granted we've seen teams make a jump in one off season before, but usually it's teams with a lot more, capital not just draft capital but also free agent capital that are able to make significant changes to their roster and the eagles are not going to be able to make significant changes by upgrading and paying premiums they're going to have to downgrade and pay you know wait until the second and third wave of free agency to really go get anybody and that's obviously you know you get better value that way just in terms of you know maybe you're not subject to the compensatory pick formula maybe you're not overpaying for the first guy off the board but you're also likely to get not quite as premium talent when you do that and you wait. And then obviously, you know, they have a high draft pick at number six, but it's not like they have, you know, multiple firsts or multiple picks in the second round where they have like this great wealth of picks that they're going to be able to, to, to choose from to upgrade their talent, you know, multiple times um, near the top of the board. It's, you know, that's a pretty standard draft for them. So I do think it's going to be pretty difficult and we should probably think of this as a much different team that we have over the last few years. So I don't know that I would say they're terrible, but I don't think we should come into the season thinking like the Eagles are still, you know, the deepest team in the NFC East and they're going to, you know, right away, no matter what, be a contender. Like, I think it's going to be not necessarily a while, but it's, it's just going to be a struggle for them to, to get back to the, the kind of team that we thought they were the last few years. Yeah, and I'll add too really quickly that if if I if if the return for Carson Wentz ends up being closer to what I think it will be than what some people prognosticated earlier this offseason, then I'm not sure that the Eagles are going to be exactly loaded with draft picks. Like the idea that they're getting two first round picks for Wentz is hilarious. Wow. And it always is hilarious to me. Like I, I didn't I didn't get that and yeah, if they get two more second round picks, like that's a big win too. But you know, I think you still want um you know, you still, they still need, they have a lot of, they have a lot of, a lot of work to do on this roster. I just want to jump in quickly and say too, we barely even t- touched on the fact that they've got a first time head coach. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about their, we're talking about their roster and yet, you know, Nick Sirianni is coming in uh, with this mess of a roster and quarterback situation too. So it's now I, I just, I don't know. I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but you said you don't think they're going to get that return. If the returns don't come in above a couple of second round picks, are you making the trade, whether or not Carson Wentz is happy or not? I don't 
I mean, no, no, but I don't know what you do. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I would be like, Carson, you're playing, bro. Like we got a new, we fired Doug Peterson. We brought in Sirianni. Like we paid you a ton of money and you're going to hose our cap situation. Like just suck it up, quit staring at the statue of Foles and play some football. I'd do it. Your, your cap's annihilated anyway, whether or not you trade Wentz. You might as well do it all at once rather than dragging out the pain. I, I, I do, I do agree with that. The idea that like rip the bandaid. Cause I was doing some, I was in radio in Raleigh this week and somebody asked me like, how could they possibly deal with that cap charge? It's like, you just take, rip the bandaid, R- like rip the bandaid yeah. and just deal with it. Um, all right. The Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys had a, obviously a very disappointing, uh, 2020 season. They are 30 to one to win the Super Bowl this year, 14 uh, to one to win the NFC. And they have the number 10 overall pick along with 44 and 75. Of course, everything Dubin, like, like with the Eagles, it starts with the Cowboy. It starts with the quarterback position. And when you send in the priorities here, number one was easy. Sign Dak. Yeah. Uh, sign Dak. And I believe I wrote number two was nothing else matters if they don't sign Dak because they're going to have to start over at quarterback. And that's the only thing that'll matter. Nihilus Dubin. Nothing else matters. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, look, just, you want to just queue up the video from last summer when they didn't sign Dak and I went on like a 10 minute rant. Just put that up for this whole section and we don't have to talk about anything else. Did you hear Mike Tannenbaum say on, um, get up that, uh, that the Cowboys should sign Dak and then trade him for Deshaun? (laughs) I I know. I don't need to address Mike Tannenbaum who, is most well known for squandering assets and trades. Um, so that's a, you know, a pretty good idea from him right there. But what, what do you think? I, well, so if the other free agents include Xavier Woods, Jordan Lewis, Alden Smith, Joe Looney, Andy Dalton, who was kind of important last year, GW Woozy, Tyron Crawford, Antoine Woods, and Sean Lee. Mm, man, are they using a lot of, I don't know. I don't know if I feel like the Cowboys, like it really does. Dak is the key. Are you giving him the 40 million over three years that he wants? Yes. Okay. No question. Just like you think Jerry should just be like, Dak, what do you want? Here it is. Should have done that two years ago. I don't disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> Cody, you're Cody. You're a, an Eagles fan. So naturally the best way to figure out what the Cowboys should do is to figure out, to ask you what you don't want to happen. Well, I think it's pretty apparent. It's funny that we're, you know, a lot of the talk is about Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott because it, it was a debate before, but it, there is no debate anymore. I mean, it's it's very apparent. And I think, you know. Dan every, Orlovsky for a podcast, friend of the podcast, and taking an L on that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think that, you know, I don't know that Eagles fans would admit it, but this the idea of Dak Prescott in an Eagles uniform uh, with a good roster around him is kind of enticing because the guy has been a steady, a steady quarterback. I mean, I think Dubin's right. I think. Dallas has put themselves certainly not in the situation the Eagles are in, but it's still a little bit messy because you're, you're getting close to uh, Kirk Cousins territory a few years ago. Washington played the dance for a few years and you know, it, it, the longer it goes, the more inevitable um, you're just, you're paying out more money than you need to right away. And yet the long-term security isn't there. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the market value for him. I mean, if he hadn't got hurt, I mean, he was on pace, Correct me if I'm wrong, but those were, you know, the numbers were going to be pretty insane. Oh, he was on pace like, like 8,000 passing yards at one point. Yeah. yeah. And like part of that was the Cowboys being terrible on offense and defense early yeah. in games and mm-hmm. getting big deficits and having to chunk it all over the place. But like, yeah, you can look at this Cowboys roster and as long as you have Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy doesn't suck as a head coach secretly. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, this team's going to score points. Like, there's, oh, yeah. I mean, they're just going to score points. I mean, they have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Is he, there's any chance that Amari Cooper is uh, cut? No, not this offseason. Okay. Like, I think that after this season, they'll have to make a decision between Amari and Gallup, who they want to keep going forward, because Gallup will be eligible for uh, a new contract, and uh, Amari will have no more guaranteed money left. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I think there will be some sort of decision point. Do they want to keep one? Do they want to keep both? Which one do they want to keep? Are they going to try to get another wide receiver in there? Um, some of that depends on what happens, obviously, this year. Some of it depends on what happens with CeeDee Lamb, whether they decide to only play him in the slot or play him outside also. Um, but oh, I, I don't also, think that's that I'm in, I'm, this I didn't mean this offseason. I meant next. Yeah. Look at it. Like the contract, it'd be 20. They 
they wouldn't cut him this offseason. But next offseason, it does feel like there's a decent chance they move on. Yeah, it's it's him or Gallup next offseason, I would think. Um, I just don't know that they're going to go more than uh, one more season with all three of those guys on the roster. Just financially, it might not make too much sense for them. But, I mean, again, it's just they've only cost themselves by doing this. They broke the bank at literally every position except for quarterback. They gave their guys top-of-market deals at every position, including while Dak was eligible for a contract extension, the two least important positions in football other than, like, punter and kicker, where they gave it to a running back and an off-ball outside linebacker or inside linebacker. Like, and those now look like two of the worst contracts in the league. And, like, yeah. neither one of those players is the best player on the team at that position. If they don't pay up this offseason – Will they ever? No, I because... mean, even if they want to, there's going to be no incentive for Dak to take it because so this year he'd get like whatever it is, 37, 39 million on the franchise tag, which would mean the next year, if they wanted to tag him for a third time, it's like upwards of $50 million, yeah. which means that the baseline for any deal for him is going to start at $50 million a year. Right. I mean, well, you're, which means he's going somewhere else. Like you're starting it. Like I mean, even right now, you're, when you go in the negotiation, you're like, listen, if you want to, if you want to keep Dak for the next two years, you're shelling out eighty-eight million dollars or like ninety million, get fully guaranteed. That's forty-five million a year. Do yeah. you think that we're going to take thirty-five million dollars a year? No. Or like, how can you be this rich and be this unintelligent when it comes to doing math on a contract, man? Especially like they were asking for like thirty two years ago, like. Yeah. It's, it's really botched. Um, you know, the one thing I think when you look at, like, you look at the Eagles roster and you're like, wow, this is, this went downhill fast. When you look at the Cowboys roster, you're like, man, that is a stars and scrubs roster if I've ever seen one. And that's how Jerry Jones likes to build his rosters. But if you have a stars and scrubs roster and your quarterback, you don't have the quarterback, you are screwed. Yeah. I mean, especially when you also lose, you know, two of the five stars from, your five-star offensive line to injury within the first couple of weeks of the season, one of them to retirement and the a fourth to injury later in the season. And the fifth, who was a guy you drafted in the second round is just not very good. Um, so that basically undermined the entire season and um, that, and just, they really had no clue what they were doing defensively. They tried to make a scheme switch from, you know, a very simplified Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard scheme into something more complicated that Mike Nolan wanted to do. I don't actually know what it was he wanted to do. It wasn't really apparent when you watch them, but apparently it was more complicated. So that didn't really work. Now, now so they're going Dan back Quinn to now. And as the defensive coordinator, I mean, does he have the players to run whatever defense? No, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you could, you could bring in the best defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL and you wouldn't be able to stop teams with the players that they had last year you know they need to get better up the middle they need to get better on the edge they need to get better at linebacker despite paying Jalen Smith and drafting Leighton Van Der Esch in the first round I, mean, I don't think you can count on either one of them right now just because Van Der Esch is hurt all the time the last two years Jalen Smith has dropped off in a big big way um, they only have really one cornerback who looks like an above average player at the position right now and it's a guy they drafted in the second round last year and he was very hot and cold Last season, they paid Anthony Brown. He wasn't that good last year. Lewis and Awuzie are both free agents now. Um, Xavier Woods took a big step backward last year at safety. So they have Donovan Wilson. He's more of a box safety. They don't have that sideline to sideline center field type that you need to play that cover three that Dan want, that Dan Quinn wants to play. And they've really never invested at that position, just going back like 15, 20 years now. It would be a big change to see them invest in that type of guy. And you really need it to play in the scheme that Dan Quinn has typically wanted to play. And they don't just need that. You know, they need at least one more corner. They need, you know, another edge guy aside from DeMarcus Lawrence. Like Randy Gregory played really well, but I think we've seen over the past several years, you can't count on Randy Gregory to be on the field, you know, and they, they definitely need to get better up the middle. I mean, their most consistent guys at defensive tackle the past few years have been Tyrone Crawford and Antoine Woods. Neither one of them has been consistently all that good. And they're both free agents. I still think the Cowboys, I mean, I don't know if this is a popular opinion though, but wouldn't you say they're still the favorites going into this year? Yeah. Because I, I mean, think they just have so much more offensive talent than any of the other yeah. teams in the division. They have the quarterback. I mean, they don't have it figured out long term, but they have the quarterback situation and that is a big step above all the other teams. 
So. Yeah, I mean, it basically boils down to we think that the Cowboys are not dumb enough to just completely let Dak Prescott walk. Who's in Dallas I mean, longer, Mike Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott? I think Dak Prescott. You just got to pay him. Just pay Dak Prescott. What is what, what is the matter with you, Jerry Jones? Like, just give him the money he wants and move on with it. Is it like if I were if I were Do we a think real... it's Jerry or Steven? Like Steven's been the guy running the contract negotiations the past few years. Like, Might be Steven. You know, um, I mean, Jerry traditionally will give his guys whatever they want. Yeah. And like, Dak is his guy. Like he has snookered the entire free world into believing that he identified Dak's immense level of talent and sought him out in the draft, even though he tried to take Paxton Lynch, failed, tried to take uh, uh, Connor, Connor Cook, Cook, failed. Like he got, he got, he got outmaneuvered by John Elway and, and Mark Davis. And so then he had to turn to the only quarterback left on his board, Dak Prescott, who they, they then buried behind Kellen Moore on the depth chart in the preseason before Moore, before Moore broke his leg. And then Romo gets hurt and they're like, well, it's like the Cowboys are screwed. They got to play Dak and he wins rookie of the year. I mean, it's a, it's a joke. Like this just stumbled, just like falling bass at back asswards into a giant pile of money. That's all it is. I don't know why that was my turn to rant. That was, um, <laughs> I do remember that that 2016 offseason. I actually wrote something. Someone sent it to me, like after that that season when when Dak had a good rookie year. Someone sent me something that I had written in like March, where I was like, "Did the Cowboys tip their hand about which quarterback they want?" Because they had met three times with Dak Prescott. Oh wow! Um, you know, I actually yeah. wrote something in uh, in August where I ranked the Cowboys dead last that year in terms of the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> situation it made sense (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right let's take a break and when we come back the other two nfc east teams the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich paul the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive stars will anderson and chase young on the roster clutch athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The New York Giants find themselves... I don't know where the Giants are. They're weird because... And Giants fans don't know either because the Giants brought back Dave Gettleman, a a source of uh, great consternation for many Giants fans. Um, I would assume as an Eagles and Cowboys fan, you're like, yeah, bring back Gettleman! Um you know, uh, Joe Judge had an up and down first year, but I think he got a, a lot, a lot of effort out of a team that probably shouldn't have been as good. They are 75 to one to win the Super Bowl, Whew. 35 to one to win the NFC. They had the 11th pick, the 42nd pick and the 76th pick. And by, by the way, I mean, they were, uh, a Nate Sudfeld away from, from making the playoffs and, and, you know, getting to host, uh, maybe they, maybe they take out Tom Brady. Who knows? You know, who knows? Um, Probably not, but a lot of free agents here. Cam- Cameron Fleming, Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, Tyler Frackle, Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, Colt McCoy, Devontae Freeman, Alfred Marsh. Again, that's just a bunch of free agent running backs that they shouldn't sign, but David Gavin probably will. Uh, I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Cody. Oh, what, no, what, I was going to say. What's your top priority for the Giants? Well, I mean, you mentioned the Nate Sudfeld thing. I mean, if you believe Joe Judge, that's going to be enough to inspire them, you know, this whole season, the way that oh, they right. were upset about that. I think, um, yeah, the Dave Gettleman return, I think, is uh, is probably the biggest thing, I guess, holding the Giants back. And, you know, they've already kind of committed to Daniel Jones publicly, or at least Joe Judge has. And so um, I think the priority should be, well, first of all, to clear cap room. I mean, they've got some some overpaid veterans there. Um, Nate Solder, Golden Tate, guys that I think Evan Ingram could be on the trading block or should be. Um, but the priority, if, if Daniel Jones is coming back, is – uh, building around him. I don't know where you guys fall on the Daniel Jones camp. I don't know that I'm 
firmly in it, but I don't know if I'm, I don't know where I fall either. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm all the way out yet either. I think he's, he's shown some, some stuff with his legs. He's obviously been, I don't know, with some pretty vanilla or bad offensive coordinators. Um, if you could go out and spend big at wide receiver, you know, get somebody that can actually, he can actually trust throwing the ball to, if you can fix up the offensive line, these are all easier said than done. Um, you know, Patrick Graham's defense was, I think, better than expected. Um, I, I just think you have to build around him if you're going to make him the, the focal point moving forward. I think that the Giants offense coordinator is great. One of my favorite coaches of all time. <laughs> I think he should stay with the Giants for a really long time and uh, just lead them into the future. <laughs> and so, if, if and when Joe Judge is relieved, relieved of his duties, elevate that offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett, of course. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen evidence, I think, that he's just a – a terrific coach and makes all the right decisions and is not stuck in 1992. So I think it's a great job, but no, I mean, I think that at wide receiver, like the biggest thing is they just need their three guys to be healthy at the same time. They haven't really had Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate all healthy at once. Like there's, there's talent there, but they're just never on the field all at once. You know, they do need some depth there because those guys like tend to get hurt. You know, so you got to have guys that stay on the field. They definitely need more on the offensive line. You know, with Jones, I think he's shown one of the most important skills for a quarterback, just in terms of being able to make something happen on his own with the play when the play breaks down, whether it's by scrambling or just by buying himself time and throwing, you know, whether stepping up or outside the pocket. But, you know, basically all of the other things that you need to show to be a good quarterback, he hasn't shown. He hasn't shown accuracy. He hasn't shown the ability to, you know, get his protections correct. He hasn't shown the ability to, you know, beat blitzes. He hasn't shown the ability to be accurate, uh, to take care of the ball. Like those are the, those are things that are equally, if not more important than being able to do something when the play breaks down. And he hasn't shown those yet with the exception of a couple of games here and there, certainly not with any consistency. And, you know, do you give him one more year to show that he can do that? Maybe he has had two different systems in two years. He's, you know, played with, you know, a group of breaking down guys around him, whether on the offensive line or at the skill positions in, in each of his two years. But it's not like you should be saying Daniel Jones is the future. No matter what, we're going to extend him after next season. Like, I think that we've seen. Are you picking up his fifth year option? Yeah. I mean, pick up his, well, let's see what happens this year. You don't have to decide until You're after not... the third year. Oh, right. Yeah, this is year three coming up. So see what happens this year. <laughs> it feels like a lot longer. He's only been in two years. It feels like so much longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree with that. And the Nate Solder thing is really interesting because Solder, I mean, look, he, he, I'm not suggesting that he, so him opting out is sort of a dagger to the Giants because they could have say it's going to be six point, if they cut him, it's an extra six and a half million dollars in dead cap that they're going to like take. If he in, versus if he had played in 2020, and obviously like he had a very good reason for opting out. We, you know, he didn't opt out to like push his contract back a year uh, or anything like that. Like some people might think CJ Mosley might have, um, but you know, I, you know, like he, 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 he had concerns, health concerns, and that's why he did it with, with his family. Um, but for the giants, like, you know, normally they would be saving $14 million on the cap by cutting him. And I, I think they probably cut him. Right. For fourteen million, I would. Think no, no. So. Now they're going to save six million. Yeah, although if he's a post June one cut, they would. Yeah, post June one or pre June one. Uh, no, pre June one they save ten point five million. Post June one they save just six point five. That's weird. So yeah, they would save. Uh, I see it's backwards. That, that is backwards. That doesn't make any sense. It's got to be the other way around. Maybe there's some sort of roster bonus somewhere. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Hold on. I messed that up. Post June one cap savings is ten million. Pre June one cap savings is six million. So yeah, I would assume that they make him a post June one cut, but they they might they'll cut him and then designate him post June one. But they might need the money before then. I yeah, just, I don't um, I don't know how you trot him out there and be. Co- I mean, you know, not like their offensive line is great. Anyway, Andrew Thomas but, played a lot better down the stretch. Yeah, I just don't know how you go after a year off too. Not again, not. Yeah. I'm not questioning his decision, but you know, he hasn't played football for a year before he played. Uh, he wasn't living up to the contract. I don't know how 
you don't make that move. And, well, they're and not under, and, they are not under the, like right now, based on, uh, spot tracks, um, calculations, they are not under the cap for, for 2021. So I mean, they're going to have to make some moves. I think cutting solder and cutting golden Tate are probably two likely scenarios. And then that's when you can really, you know, you invest in Andrew Thomas, you're building around, um, Daniel Jones and you go out and get, maybe get a wide receiver early in this draft. We've seen Dave Gettleman pull on the, pull the trigger on a wide receiver weapons for Cam Newton when he was in Carolina when they were desperate for him. So it would, it would make a lot of sense if he did that now. Weapons? Would we describe like Kelvin Benjamin and, uh, Devin Funches as weapons? Um, um no, I, I think one yeah, of like the other important giant... thing though, by the way, like both, you mentioned it earlier, Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson are both free agents. I would expect. Mm-hmm that one or the other will probably not be back. But it would be good to get one of them signed before the franchise tag deadline so you can try to get something for the other one if you're not able to get them signed, you know? Well, so, don't forget that Dave Dave Gettleman's like the king of oh, yeah. doubling down on his, like, like ch- throwing bad money, good money after bad. I, they drafted Dexter Lawrence, too, and he's good. All three yeah. of them are good players. Like, oh, such a waste. But, but I'm saying, like, he traded a second-round pick for Leonard Williams and then franchise tagged him, and Leonard Williams had a career year. I can't imagine Dave Gettleman letting Leonard Williams leave. Like, what, what are you going to do? Like, you you give up a second-round pick and franchise tag a guy so you can make it to Week yeah. 17 with an outside shot to, like, sneak into the – you know, like – So then we think Talbinson's leaving? Ta- Talbinson. Tomlinson. Yeah, I would think I – mean, Tomlinson's a 2017 second-round pick, too. I mean, that's it, – yeah. it's a – the problem is, is that – and this will test Dave Gettleman tremendously. So they need, as Cody points out, to build around Daniel Jones. But are you really going to let both those hog mollies walk away, Dave? I don't know. I mean, like he, you know, like I can't see, is he going to let highly invested defensive, ta- defensive linemen leave? That's not his. No. I think one of those is definitely coming back. And I think you're absolutely right that I think Leonard Williams is the more likely. I mean, he seems like the prime candidate for a Dave Gettleman, a big money extension. And then, Tomlinson, I don't know if there's the flexibility to try and uh, – you can't do a, a tag and tra- – I mean, they don't have the flexibility to do something like a tag and trade with him, do they? Otherwise, I think he just walks and signs big. They get a compensatory pick down the road. Yeah, I think that there's uh, one other important question that we haven't talked about yet, sort of under the radar. Saquon Barkley, extension eligible, my oh, friends, okay. after the third year of his career – Going to want an extension, I can guarantee he's going to be one of those guys who's like, you should pay me. That is a big decision for Dave Gettleman. Um, I, I think everybody I, I knows. Big, I, don't, I think the decision is just like, how much is Dave Gettleman going to give Saquon Barkley? Like, again, right. I mean, I wouldn't oh, pay man. him. But you got, like, they, if you're Dave I Gettleman. Pay him. They shouldn't pay him. Being like, oh, they drafted him number two, they have to pay him, is making exactly the same mistake that the team that we just talked about made. Yeah. Um. They're going to do it. Like, I don't you see any way that they don't. And that's, it's a really, season? really bad decision. Like this off season, you think they're doing it? I mean, if he holds out. Yeah. I mean, well, he has he, a, so he has a $10 million cap hit in 2021. You could, in theory, use the extension as a way to reduce his cap hit and try to get under the cap. I mean, if that's what you, if you're so inclined to do that, Evan Ingram might be gone, by the way. He has no dead money left on this deal. Um, it's the thing, just see, such see, a bad decision. If I'm the giant, if I'm a Giants fan, I would be freaking the f out about this all season. But for, for these reasons, like what Dave Dave Gettleman was on the hot seat coming into this year, obviously they, you know, people thought there might be a change, but clearly ownership it, like believes in him because he won the titles. He was, he was with the organization when Coughlin and and those guys won the titles. My concern would be that. Because if you're Dave Gettleman, you, your mindset, and I, I, I'm telling you, this is how he's thinking. His mindset is going to be such that he believes he needs to bolster up the standing of the guys that he brought in, the guys that he's, the guys he's been in on. Like he's going to double down on these guys. And that means you, you like, we're going to get Daniel Jones weapons. So he's going to overdraft a wide receiver for Daniel Jones. It means you got to like Saquon Barkley's the face of this franchise. So you pay Saquon Barkley and be like, Leonard Williams, Breakout player, we nailed it. You can see, I can just see Dave Gettleman at the like the podium with Leonard Williams. Be like, you y'all told me that this is a bad move, but look at all Leonard now. And he's like, ah, the nerds don't like him because he like, the computer people. Now. The computer people don't like interior defensive so, linemen. Like, yeah, but so all of a sudden you 
you doubled down on a quarterback that people had questions about to begin with. You doubled down on your running back that you took number two overall, and you doubled down on the interior defensive lineman that you traded a second round well, pick for the franchise tag. It has all the makings of a bad offseason. Well, then that's an ego torching the franchise, which I'm, you know, has happened plenty across the NFL, but that's, this is a crucial point. Like you're talking about, this is before, this is a make or break year kind of for Daniel Jones as far as deciding whether you're going to not only exercise the option, but think about maybe extending him down the road. Yep. You have an opportunity right here to build around him, but are you going to do that, like you said, by dishing out so much of that money to the defensive tackle because it makes your your trade look good, or to the running back because you drafted him high? I mean, he might pull the Dalvin Cook, the whoever, and try and get more money, but would that money be better spent signing? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. I mean, Saquon, Saquon's in the final year of his contract. That came fast. Like, well, no, he's got the fifth year option too. Oh, the fifth year option. Yeah, you're right. So, so what they, is your plan? Right, well, they have so to, they you, have to decide to now. They have to decide. They're definitely to picking up the option. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like Saquon, but what are you? So let's say Saquon's awesome. Yeah, but what, he's so great. I, like you could get ninety percent of the production from Devontae Freeman. <laughs> like Wayne Goldman. I mean, yeah. ridiculous. So would you would you trade in this off season? Like when yeah. he's holding out. Yeah. Who's trade? Somebody give him a first. Although I might might trade him after next after next season if he plays well, so you could get more than you could get for him coming off what he tear his ACL. Yeah, week one. Right? No, week two. Week two. I think. I remember he had a really bad game in week one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. against Pittsburgh, but I think he was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Field. Yeah, Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh, they tore it against the Bears. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a look. This is. Fundamentally, this is not why you don't draft running backs in early in the first round, but this is part of it too. Like you now find yourself where you're a pot committed to a running back who has immense amount of talent, but is, you know, has had bad stretches and has been injured a bunch. And you're going to have to give him Zeke money if you want him to stick around. He's not going to take some low, like low cost deal just to hang around. All right. Final team in the division. The Washington, even they change the URL on Spotrack. I was going to bring it up. Is it just Washington? Washington? I think it's just WAS. No, that's uh, that's our lads. That is correct. But uh, oh, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, Washington, doing this off season. Um, yeah. Well, so if they win the division. They are sixty to one to win the Super Bowl, even after winning the division, because the quarterback position is still very much uh, up in the air. Obviously, they cut Dwayne Haskins last year, thirty to one to win the NFC. Nineteenth overall draft pick. Man, that's a big difference between winning that division and not. Fifty-one and seventy-four. Their top three: Ronald Darby, Brandon Scherf, Cam Sims, Ryan Kerrigan, Dustin Hopkins, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Kyle Allen are all of their top free agents. Um, your number one priority for them: figure out the long-term plan at quarterback, which I don't. They necessarily did with Taylor Heineke and the eight billion dollars they gave him. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, that's that's not a long term. I mean, they gave him a, a deal for two years. Maybe he could be the bridge to whatever is next. Like clearly, Heineke, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, none of these are plans beyond the immediate future. So you got to figure out what you're doing there. If you're pushing, kicking the can down the road for another year, I don't think that's necessarily all that wise. You know, they do have a pretty good roster. Um, you know, their offensive line is pretty good. You got to fill out some depth there. The defensive line obviously is unbelievable. I think they need a little bit of help at corner. Um, but you know, defenses that are really good tend to not stay really good for all that long. You got to, there's a window right now while this defense is good and cheap where, you know, you can build up the offense quickly and try to take a shot and then you can recycle. Um, you know, once you have that offense built up, you can recycle the defensive parts based on who you want to keep and who you don't. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta get the QB first and you gotta get the QB somebody to throw to other than Terry McLaurin and like to a lesser extent, Logan Thomas. And, you know, you gotta involve Antonio Gibson in the passing game instead of throwing, you know, 18 four yard passes to JD McKissick, who then gets like an extra one yard out of it. You know, you gotta, you got to use your playmakers to the best of their ability and you got to figure out who the guy that's going to do that is, you know, so quarterback weapons, offensive line depth corner, like is Ryan Kerrigan going to come back? And if not, how are you going to replace him? You know, the defensive line is good, but it's not like you don't, you know, it's not like you're playing four guys for the entire game. You know, you can't just play sweat, chase young, Allen and Payne 
every single snap. That's that's not really how it works in the NFL. And then just, I mean, the biggest thing is just like keep getting rid of, you know, the toxic elements of the culture that Daniel Snyder has built there. Um, nothing else really matters if you don't do that, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, the um, the Alex Smith thing is really fascinating because he has a $24 million uh, cap it this year and $10 million in uh, dead cap money, 5.4 if it's post June 1 and they release him. But there's this, you know, it's tricky because, you know, comeback player of the year, all the stuff that he did as part of the team to be a great teammate, you know, he stepped in and played well you know, off this nearly life threatened or this, not nearly, this life threatening surgery and injury that he had. I get the sense that there is a, another head coach who just joined the NFL. And maybe wondering what Washington plans to do with, with him and whether or not they're going to release him. Cause Urban Meyer, his OG quarterback, Alex Smith in Utah, and he's talking about a great mentor for Trevor Lawrence. Um, it would not be surprising at all to me if Urban Meyer was actively eyeing this situation. And so I don't, but I don't know what Washington does here. They have enough cap space, Cody, where maybe they like, like, let's just, maybe they get through the draft and see what they can come up with from the quarterback position before they try to, do anything with Alex Smith. They were involved in the Matthew Stafford talks, um, at, you know, at, at one point. So, I mean, they're clearly trying to upgrade. Do you think Alex Smith is on this roster next year? I don't. I think they're moving on, and I think that, that that's the right move. I mean, all things considered, yeah. I think he his story was great, but I don't think he was a particularly great quarterback, and that's not that's just who he is right now. I mean, the 18 four-yard passes that Dubin mentioned, I mean, that's mostly an extension of what kind of quarterback Alex Smith had to be this year or, you know, physically, whatever. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, they're in the Matthew Stafford talks. I think that they're in the market for an upgrade, whether that's a veteran or a rook that the, uh, the unfortunate thing about them winning the division is that they're now, you know, they're not in the top 10 where they can kind of, uh, you know, it's going to take a big move to try and get up for one of those quarterbacks. And so now you're sniffing around guys like Matthew Stafford. I think a guy like Derek Carr is somebody that would be, um, the prototypical Washington veteran quarterback acquisition you've also got the jack del rio connection on the, on the staff um again i don't know if that happens but you could you know there's an argument to be made that with a uh you know a somewhat substantial upgraded quarterback um they're they're right there with the cowboys you know if the defense is 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 still good but again what's the what's the smart play for them is it getting a guy like Derek carr or matthew stafford or is it getting somebody for the future that's you know again easier said than done but yeah long story short i think alex smith is not there i think it's somebody else yeah i agree i also so here's my question about alex smith being the mentor for trevor lawrence um what evidence do we have that having a veteran mentor like that at quarterback makes a meaningful difference to a player's career and if the evidence is Alex Smith, why didn't it translate to Dwayne Haskins? Um, are we yeah, really fair. giving him that much credit for Patrick Mahomes? Like Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to be good if Alex Smith wasn't there the year before. Like, oh, and look, like Andy Reid matters a little bit in this equation too. But I would just say that yeah. I think that I, he's, I would, a, he's that, a good guy. I, I I want him to be on a team. I hope he has success. I, his story was the best story of the year in football to me. I think. Like I, I said, I would, if he steps on the field. Bit. I would say that maybe there's a chance, just just throw this out there, that Dwayne Haskins wasn't yeah. seeking help because uh, he was too busy sure. going to strip clubs in a pandemic after a football game. There's there's as much chance of that as there is that Smith didn't make any meaningful difference for Mahomes. You know, like if we're going to yeah. say he 100% helped Mahomes. I mean, like Mahomes has said he helped him. I mean, like I'm not trying to say that Alex Smith will cause Trevor Lawrence to be a great quarterback. Just that yeah. – if, if, if Trevor Lawrence is coming in and learning Urban Meyer's system and that it would make that Alex Smith is a good choice as a backup there in Jacksonville. If you're assuming Trevor Lawrence will play 16 games and you're assuming that, you know, Alex Smith is cool with that and is willing to help and can help trans. I, I, I think as I, a I resource for understanding the system, I think it makes a lot of sense. If we're pretending that like having, you know, a, a good quarterback be your mentor matters i just don't think there's a lot of evidence for that in the history of the nfl or even in the history of alex smith like none of tom brady's backups has ever been good none of peyton manning's backups were ever good who of drew Brees's yeah, but, backups yeah, but, has gone out to be good like, right, 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 right. but but that's that's but my point is different i'm saying like 
like you want Alex Smith to be the backup because he can help. Right. He'll be the like I, I what's your point to the resource to help Trevor Lawrence learn the system. That's the key for me. Is you like I, I don't think that Alex Smith is some QB whisperer, backup QB whisperer. I think he is a an accelerant to the learning process for for somebody like a Mahomes or a potentially Trevor Lawrence. It could be. I just don't think that there's great evidence for that in the no, history it's, of the league. It's mostly anecdotal. I will I will give you that. Um, are you are you tag Brandon Scherf last year? I don't know if you can bring him. Back. You got to give him a big contract. I think he could make. Yeah. If he's not back, they definitely need some help on the offensive line too. Yeah. Um, defensively, as you mentioned, care. I think I feel like um, JP Finley said that he thinks Kerrigan is probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. They got a you know that linebacker. They're getting a little thin with all these with all. The free agents who are departing in the secondary is not exactly um, ideal. I, th- round, I, I I would not be surprised at all if they focused on offense in the draft, like figure out the quarterback position and then focus on improving the offense. Because Terry McLaurin's a stud, but they, I mean, you know, we we haven't seen a whole lot of anybody else on that in terms of um in terms of the wide receiver. And yeah, Gibson, I mean, they also just they need a corner other than Kendall Fuller. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. You can't be throwing DeShazer Everett out there all the time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else on the Washington football team? I, I Come just, up with a new I, name. I, yeah. I think, I think they're rolling think, with WFTs. Yeah, I agree. Forever? Or, yeah. like, really? I think so, too. I do, too. I think they. I think it was, like, a kind of a smash hit. Well, the one thing I loved was when you would, like, play fantasy football, and then it would be, like, touchdown football team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... All right, that's it. That's the NFC East. Great stuff, guys. Uh, this is a muddy division. It's not easy. It could. It's going to be. It's going to be fascinating to see where we're at with the NFC East in August of in September of 2021. Because you know, as we sit right here going into the off season, there are so many questions like who quarterback for Washington, quarter, you know, Wentz, Dak, and then you know, how big is this Saquon Barkley extension really going to be? Uh, Ready, Bibbs. Thanks for uh, thanks for the time. You guys are great. Talk to you later. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.